Five. Let's turn to the last part of uh, the one, two, three show on this Monday afternoon. Uh, it's time for a bit of trash talk. And this week on Trash Talk, Marcy Trent Long talks to the founder of Wealth and Flows Consulting, Helga Vantenort, about her latest efforts on how to reduce the amount of single use containers, especially during the pandemic, where more and more people are ordering takeaways. Hey, Trash Talk listeners. Hong Kong's appetite for takeaway meals, already stronger than any in this region, doubled from 2019 to 2020. Massive amounts of food-related single-use packaging are sent to landfills, and used food containers are ending up scattered across our hills and in our oceans. Our guest today, Helga Van Turnot of Wealth of Flows Consulting, is no stranger to solving Hong Kong's logistical challenges of reuse reduce recycling. Since working on the underpinning position paper for Drink Without Waste, she's now taking aim as a senior advisor at ADM Capital Foundation to work on food container waste. Welcome back to the show, Helga. Thanks for having me, That was me, quite the introduction, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> You're quite the guest. So, okay, now, even though the whole beverage waste container issue is still being settled, now we're taking aim at the food waste. Um, so there are a couple of uh, different initiatives out there. How is the one that you're working on different from those? It is different in that we're trying to figure out which one of these solutions uh, works best, works best for Hong Kong, um, which ones will have to work together because we're far enough in our project that we see that uh, there is no silver bullet uh, for solving waste from takeout and delivery. Um, but we're also trying to see what needs to change in Hong Kong in order to make these solutions more viable, more scalable, more replicable. Right? Right. So we're not trying to tackle one single uh, player or one single um, chain, but uh, trying to get this done across Hong Kong. So you're basically, you're doing the research and you're doing the baseline, right? There's a lot of initiative out there that are actually taking action, right? Like WWF's Plastic Action Initiative or PACT or Food Panda's commitments to not use disposable utensils and things like that. But you're actually looking at the whole landscape at this point. That is correct. We're not trying to displace any of the existing initiatives. We're trying to help them in figuring out how to scale them up yeah, and or that's replicate them. Pretty much what you did for beverages, but disposable food waste problem is is even more even com more complicated. Even more complicated, right? <laughs> I hate to say it, but even more complicated. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to say, right? There's the organic component of the food itself, and there's the container component. So let's kind of take them apart and start with containers. So, what are you finding out about containers, food delivery? Uh, single-use food containers. Yeah. So, and, and to be clear, our, our initiative aims to only address at this point the containers themselves, but you're very right in that the fact that they are inseparable from the organic content uh, that they aim to protect and, and, and distribute, that r renders it um, a lot more complex. So, first of all, um, as we are establishing or have established a baseline, what's clear is that we are already not dealing with one single type of product. And, and that's a, a big difference, for example, with the prepackaged beverages where we're essentially dealing with a liquid that is relatively easy to get out of the um, 
out of the packaging. It's relatively easy to finish the uh, this type of, of uh, product before disposing of the of the packaging. Now, with food waste and uh, food packaging waste, uh, what we see, and we do include actually beverages that are served uh, on site or served for takeaway, so they're not prepackaged. What you see is, first of all, that there's a, a big diversity in products that we need to cover. Hot beverages, cold beverages tend to have different demands on the packaging. Hot food, cold food tends to have different demands on the packaging. But then also the channels are different. So you're in a very different situation when you are uh, having a, a concrete takeout uh, behavior versus a delivery at home behavior that puts demands on the technical characteristics of the packaging, but also on where and how you're going to implement a solution. And then, of course, we have some specifics for Hong Kong, uh, where we have a lot of uh, hot, oily food. Um, what, we, what we're studying solutions from abroad, we see that often um, salads are much more easy to deal with and find an alternative for than a hot, oily food or a food that uh, tends to stain. So a lot of the reuse solutions, for example, are excellent for cold, uh, non-oily foods, but are pretty demanding on the uh, uh, when it comes. Sorry, are the demands on these packages are very high when it comes to the kind of food we tend to serve here in Hong Kong. So, have you found anything that's a definite food container no, and maybe some that are in the food container maybe? Hmm. Uh, I would say any food container that ends up in the landfill should be a definite no. <laughs> Uh, that's that's clear. And then there's other uh, considerations around the use of food containers where you would say even outside of the waste issue, there might be um, other challenges, right? Um, the use of extended polystyrene, uh, for example, which is still rather popular here, uh, especially with smaller restaurants, um, is problematic not just for the end-of-life treatment, the waste treatment, but also what happens if it's littered, it breaks into pieces. Um, it may not even be so suitable for some of the foods that we serve in, in Hong Kong. There's a degree Celsius, a, a threshold above which you should not be using these containers. And again, you know, some of the hot uh, oh, oily the, foods here tend chemicals. to have a higher because of potential chemical uh, release and transfer. So we don't see how extended polystyrene will be part of a future solution. Um, the solutions that we have uh, been studying and are still studying are categorized, I would say, as, as follows. So we have some um, opportunities around recycling. Um, most of the, of the uh, containers that we have on the market are actually recyclable. So polypropylene, uh, which we are very common here, PET for cold drinks, uh, those are uh, recyclable. We have some smaller items often. Uh, some containers are PVC. Again, PVC should not be part of the of the solution. That should be in the no category. It should be in the no category <laughs> for any type of packaging except for maybe some medical applications, but it shouldn't be in any, any packaging generally. Um, and definitely it's a problem from a recycling perspective because it actually uh, damages the recycling opportunity for others. Um, so from a recycling perspective, that's fairly clear what can and cannot be recycled. And so we should aim for... I can come back. I'll come back on, on what we should, uh, what the solution could look like. Then we have uh, reuse solutions, um, where we make a distinction between centralized reuse solutions, where we have a, a third party like uh, Muse or you know, right, um, exactly. Other, Muse other was here party. for a while. Yeah, I don't, yeah, maybe they're still here. They're sorry. still here. Yeah, yeah they're, they're definitely uh, on oh, the Hong Kong market. Um, 
where there's a, a central operator that provides services to food and beverage operators that provide services to uh, consumers. But you also have a BYO, bring your own uh, type of model, which is also a reuse model, but there's no third party involved. It's a, it's a relationship between the consumer and the food and beverage operator and basically means that I have to bring my own container, I have to wash my own container, I have to deal but with that container. But maybe we can incentivize you And there's a lot that. of opportunity in that actually and it, so far it shows a lot of potential um, but of course there's a, an environmental, uh, sorry, a behavioral uh, barrier there. And then uh, the, the fourth group of solutions we're looking into are compostables. And then, of course, you come back to the other element you had brought up before, which is these packages are unavoidably associated with organic content. And therefore, wouldn't it be logical to have a packaging on the market where you can leave the packaging with whatever residue is still left into, uh, in it? Especially since we see that for a lot of on-the-go type of foods, that's true for food and for beverages, these are not completely finished very often when the packaging is disposed of. Right? So very different from a resealable bottle, right. for example. But I, I will bring up that even, I mean, even China now separates household waste, organic waste at the household level. So it, is that ever, if, is that, I guess we have to live with the idea that that might not be happening here and find solutions. Uh, where we don't have that. We well, never, never, never say never. The uh, the existing infrastructure in Hong Kong for dealing with organic waste is indeed focusing on organic waste from food and beverage uh, outlets at the moment, the purple bins that you might be familiar with. Um, and I think that's a good starting point because it's how you get the, the, the large volumes with the least amount of, of effort. Um, and in any case, if that works well, then we will run out of capacity with the current um, anaerobic digester <laughs> exactly. part one that we have. But there's a second one in, in planning. So, so there's definitely an opportunity to to look into collection from household waste, likely not at the household level because um, the infrastructure would be hard to implement, but it could be at the neighborhood level, uh, like we see already some some private initiatives. A larger challenge is that uh, facilities like O Park are actually anaerobic digesters, they're not composters, and with the current setup, they cannot uh, handle the packaging waste. So they they sometimes say you can leave it in, but it doesn't mean it actually gets digested or, or composted, it actually gets sorted out at the beginning of the process. Right. So, so at the moment, that's not a, a solution, yet, but that's one of the things we're looking into. So we're saying for these solutions that show promise, what is it we'd have to do? What is it that Hong Kong would have to do? What kind of, what do we need in terms of behavioral change or infrastructure change or investment in order for that to work at scale? Right? Yeah. So that's a big, a big part of the work that we're doing right now. And when do you think you'll have some results for us? We will. Well, we already have some results, but uh, here we have them on the table. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, luckily, when, this is radio. When do you think you exactly? Um, when do you think you'll be publishing? So we'll we will definitely be publishing by Q4 uh, of this year. Um, we'll be at rethink in the beginning of October, where, we're, where we will be sharing um, the results. But of course, part of the initiative is is not just the, the research, but then also working with various different parties to to stimulate, to enhance um, some of the, the the efforts that are already out there. The the goal of the research is then to also be able to say to policymakers and investors, institutional investors, for example, what are the kind of uh, solutions you could back or should back. 
Uh, should we go for centralized wash kitchens for reuse uh, schemes like uh, Singapore has done, or should we really reconsider how we are planning out uh, Old Park and, and other uh, organics uh, processing in Hong Kong? Because composting is the way we should be going. So that's that's the type of you know output and insight that we're trying to. Uh, okay, that one here. is my vote. The latter. <laughs> Oops, I'm not supposed to say that. I'm just here moderating. But thank you, Helga, so much for coming in. And we're looking forward to the magic that you made at Drink Without Waste and moving forward on some policy initiatives there. And now you, we can do it, hopefully, with with food containers. Single we're use. We're on it. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for having me. You can find all the Trash Talk episodes on iTunes and the RTHK On The Go app. Thanks to our partners, Plastic Free Seas. If you like what you hear, I also host the Sustainable Asia podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube for a more in-depth look at sustainability issues here in Asia. Many thanks once again to Marcy Trent Long for her great feature. And she was talking uh, to the founder of Wealth and Flows Consulting, Helga Vandenort, about her latest efforts on how to reduce the amount of single-use plastic containers, especially during the pandemic, with more and more people ordering takeaways. Uh, more Trash Talk with Marcy Trent Long coming up next Monday. Thank you very much.